John Foster Dulles and Thomas McKittrick even more so, uh, they likely would have been prosecuted if FDR had lived and, and or if Henry Wallace had not been, you know, ousted in that coup in 1944. Um, but they weren't. They weren't prosecuted. And the U.S. Ad, uh, administration went pretty, pretty uh, decidedly to the right by getting rid of Wallace and putting Truman up there. Um, and John Foster Dulles later on, instead of being in jail by this time or otherwise, uh, you know, discredited and uh, disgraced, he is able to become Secretary of State, and his brother is able to run the CIA. And at one point, a reporter asks Alan Dulles, "What is the CIA?" And Dulles, Alan Dulles's response is that it's the State Department for unfriendly countries. Okay, so if you think <laughs> about that. Under Eisenhower, you have diplomacy for friendly countries run by the State Department, John Foster Dulles, Sullivan and Cromwell. Unfriendly countries, they get the CIA run by Sullivan and Cromwell man, Alan Dulles. Uh, so either way, you're getting Dulles, you're getting Sullivan and Cromwell, you're getting Wall Street's finest uh, running U.S. foreign policy and diplomacy. Aaron, the, I'm the sorry. Imperial, to... It's the imperial good cop, bad cop. Wall Street's good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Except they're brothers. And I hate, I hate to cut in with that. Just one more tidbit on that. It's not just us as like lefties saying, oh, this is treasonous and they should have gone to jail or, you know, FDR didn't like them. The Supreme Court justice who we've talked about uh, quite a bit now, Arthur Goldberg himself said that uh, Foster would have been, you know, held for treason uh, had FDR lived. And so, you know, famed leftists like Supreme Court justices are on the same page here that this was treasonous behavior in the war and uh and it's very clear that like it's it goes beyond just loyalty to capital itself uh to some kind of deeper sympathy there uh with not just the inner interests of international capital but with the nazi movement specifically and uh and then by extension the post-war american empire yeah, and Dulles, Alan Dulles in particular is probably the real face of the American empire. And this is, I think, appropriate because he's not the one that people would first think of most of the time. Uh, because, And that's really the way that power operates in America increasingly, is that it's from loftier circles and carried out by legmen for uh, the real ruling powers in America. Alan Dulles really exemplifies that. He was a lawyer for Sullivan and Cromwell. He had two uncles who had been secretaries of state uh, in the past. He worked for on what you could call oil intelligence uh, while also working with the State Department. So this was a common practice for people to do work for Standard Oil while they were working uh, in, in under official State Department you know, assignments. And uh, this this allowed them to intertwine foreign policy with economic policy. And it's a real, you know, kind of nefarious way to organize things, huge conflicts of interest, very anti-democratic, but that's the way it worked. And Dulles really uh, personified this. He was also the vice president of the Council on Foreign Relations uh, when the War and Peace Studies Project was written, which laid out the plans for the American empire. And he in particular wrote the sections dealing with sovereignty and security. Uh, which are still classified to this day. So most of the War and Peace Studies project has been declassified. This part has not. So Peter and other people speculate that this uh, section called for the creation of some sort of clandestine service with the ability to use to do covert operations in countries in order to keep you know the American 
economic empire running smoothly. Uh, so this is, you know, would be really interesting to know what's going on there. But the fact that he wrote that, that he was the vice president of this of the CFR during this time period is really important in terms of understanding what the CIA is. He helps, too, as a OSS officer uh, in Europe in World War II. He helps to rescue Nazis and rehabilitate Nazis. This allows the U.S., after the fact, to establish, to basically take over management of the Axis or the Anti-Comintern Pact, right? They set up their own Anti-Comintern, which is what the Nazis called the, uh, you know, the alliance, the actual pact of the Axis nations was all about anti-communism. And the U.S. just picks those assets up and rolls them up into for their own purposes. So most famously, uh, this is laid out in David Talbot's book, Devil's Chessboard, really well. Alan Dulles, as part of Operation Sunrise, um, he rescues Carl Wolf, who was the chief of staff under Himmler, a guy who uh, was involved in all sorts of atrocities and war crimes, one, would have been one of the more notorious war criminals. And uh, Dulles helps to secure his early surrender and uh, re- more or less try- tries to rehabil- works to rehabilitate him as best as possible. He also oversees recovery of uh, SS Gold, which is later used, as Seamus mentioned, in, to fund covert operations, including uh, secret Marshall Plan funding to do various things in, in Europe after World War II, like set up Gladio networks and so on. Um, that's part of the anti-commentarian pat- business that Dulles helps to establish. Also, Alan Dulles's protege, Edward Lansdale, uh, discovers gold in the Philippines, Japanese war loot laid out well in Sterling Seagrave's book, Gold Warriors, which has been endorsed by Chalmers Johnson, great scholar of, of Japanese history, politics, and also of the, the U.S. empire. So this, uh, and this money, is, it's never really explained what happens to this money. Some of that, that loot from the war is used to set up Japan and make it into a one-party state uh, with the help of Yoshio Kadama, a war criminal that the CIA springs from jail. Uh, And other parts, we don't even really know what it went, probably to funding things like the East Asian People's Anti-Communist League. You know, there's all sorts of money rolling around in there. I mean, for all we know, that could be the money that's funding uh, the Epoch Times and Shen Yun, you know, and the Falun Gong CIA cult uh, that you you can see videos for and stories on on the Internet these days. So these things have long roots and they are uh, they show the power of Alan Dulles. This was money that should have gone to the victims of Nazism and to the victims of Japanese imperialism. You know, there were tens of millions of people killed by Japanese militarism uh, and their efforts to create their own empire in East Asia. Uh, the, the money and the gold that was looted represented centuries worth of accumulated wealth in these societies. And the Japanese took it. Some of it went back to Japan and was never recovered. Some of it was recovered by the Americans. Uh, famously, a guy found like a solid gold Buddha in the Philippines and Marcos tortured him uh, until he gave it up. And then he won it back in a, a billion dollar judgment in a court in Hawaii, I think. And then somehow they said, oh, no, it was fake. But that's very dubious. But we're just talking about massive amounts of wealth that were able to be used by the clandestine part of the United States because that part served uh, the this imperial agenda. And so these are this is why Alan Dulles is you know maybe the most important guy if you're talking about understanding the United States and the U.S. Empire, and it's not because he's really the guy running it. He's a he's a leg man. Okay, he's a person among the deep state 
people, this is having to work and orchestrate all these things isn't the best job and it's not the most lucrative job. It's just you need someone really sinister and motivated and who has a lot of connections. And that's what he was. When he died, he was in poor health. Uh, he dies in his not not especially old. I think he drank too much, probably from his guilty conscience. And uh, it's written about in David Talbot's book, The Devil's Chessboard, that he was there in like piss soaked sheets and his family wasn't taking that care much that much care of him because he was kind of hated by his own family. Uh, and he wasn't exceptionally wealthy either, as I said. But he had lived his life serving the most powerful people in the world. And in the end, he was it was really a kind of sad, pitiful departure from, you know, this life uh, because that he, he he wasn't the oligarchy. He, he was the the leg man for these people. And you got to understand that if you want to understand uh, what this what the CIA is, what the U.S. empire is all about, um, these people are important, uh, but they're not the ones running things. So Alan Dulles is not the grand master of the Illuminati. He's really a servant of corporate wealth.